Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And this week is a milestone podcast for us because for the first time ever, we have a guest who is not Zoe Baker. And oh, <laughs> for our husbands. Yeah. Are you going to love her? Truly, Emily is laughter in human form. She's like if a bottle of champagne, a bag of gummy bears, and a Disney animated character had a baby. (laughs) She's joy, and she's laughter, and real, and comfort. We're so delighted to have her singing-ish on the show today. So get comfy, friends. Here we go. All right, folks. Big day. Big moment because we are a full circle here. It's our Lion King full circle moment. <laughs> I am sitting back in the black barn with Christy, recording live and in person together. It has been a while, friend. It has been a while. We are in the black barn. You're making me nervous, though, I realize, because we're doing something a little different here today, which <laughs> means you are holding your microphone in your hand. And I realize I'm going to be distracted the whole time by the distance of the microphone to your mouth. <laughs> She's judging my microphone skills right now. I think I'm just feeling anxious. But hey, deep breaths. We're in the black we're barn. The barn. And we're in person. And I haven't been at Maplehurst in a while. And uh, the reason I'm holding the microphone like I'm fancy today is because <laughs> we have a we have a guest on the podcast, very unusual for us. And uh, we've invited her in. She's actually been spending the entire weekend with us. So we've all been up late at night in our jammies in the black barn, uh, touring the area. And uh, she's here to bring her vocal stylings. <laughs> she's laughing already. You can let the laughter out. <laughs> There it is, folks. Meet the wonderful Emily Graffius, who has been the behind the scenes magic of the podcast for the last, we don't know if it's two years, five, 11. It's hard to tell how long we've been doing this. We're trapped in a time warp, but Emily has helped us enjoy the last several years. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Happy to be here. You can't do heart signs because they can't see them. You're going to need your need to use your words, Emily. So the thing you need to know about Emily is she um, leaves long Voxer messages for us about tasks we have, but then she sings. So we do need like a hello. I'm Emily. This is so weird. <laughs> um, hi, strangers. <laughs> Let me see. Um, Welcome to the podcast. We're here t- today with Lisa Joe and Christy. Oh, I love it. I feel like it like we've gone back to the like 1950s sitcoms where the opening would have this lovely sort of or commercials would have little jingles. Like we need a jingle and now we have Emily. We so have maybe Emily. we can have a jingle. She yeah. is like our in-person jingle because after I get messages from her, I do find myself responding like, "Oh, thank you, Emily." Or like Christy will be like, "We've uploaded the episodes. You'll be so proud of us like we, we tend to like it's like we're in a Mary Poppins musical or that's something right. and we talk to her that's right so you said Lisa Joe, that this is unusual well I would say this is unprecedented true that because we have only ever been the two of us on the podcast um, we have never had a guest there have been I think two or three occasions of extreme urgency when someone was very sick or otherwise incapacitated, where our husband stepped in. There was that wonderful episode where your daughter Zoe stepped in. That's a classic worth re-listening to. Um, But otherwise, we've never been anything other than just you and I, which, um, you know, was a deliberate 
choice at first, I think initially because we didn't feel like we had the tech savvy to handle guests. We had no idea how we would ever interview someone. Right. It seemed beyond us. And then people would send us links like, here's how you do it. You just hook up your Zoom and then they have this mic and then you. And we were like, that seems too much. (laughs) We will just talk to each other. (laughs) And then I think over time we realized, no, this is what the podcast is for. This is what it's about. These are conversations rooted in a real friendship. And so it became um, like there were moments where we thought, well, we, we could talk to somebody or we could have this guest, but it became almost a discipline of knowing who we were and what this podcast was for. But there's something else, listeners, you know, we always say that it feels to us like we're sitting at a table with you, like it is a conversation. Um, we love hearing from you. We very much hope that our conversations are sparking something in you. Um, our favorite sorts of reviews and comments are when you tell us that um, you listen with your friends and then you have conversations. So it does feel like a shared table. Um, so I think it's very special to do this today because we are at an actual table. You're literally at the table. In the Black Barn with a friend who started as a listener, became a friend, became our helper, um, just happened to come up from your home. You don't live here in Pennsylvania, but you're in town. And we thought we cannot let this opportunity go because um, we have a chance to invite a listener to the a table. Listener to the table so, and a friend. So we have basically hijacked some of Emily's time and informed her she would, in fact, be on the podcast today. <laughs> I'm not sure we asked. I <laughs> I so she flew into Baltimore. And so she and I drove up together and got to chat. And uh, it was so fun because over the years, when I've come to Christy's house, I've often paused at the top of her driveway, taken video and picture. And Christy will be trying to say hello to me. And I'm filming her because it's always so fun to be here. Well, this time I got to have the experience of being the Christy in the situation as Emily was the one stopping and filming everywhere (laughs) along the way. And it was so fun. But I just thought how special that uh, it's as if, you know, our listeners through Emily get to sit at the table with us today. So we have given her a carte blanche to ask us anything she thinks a listener would want to know. But before we do that... You need to give them a little bit of the experience of arriving at Maplehurst to to hear because I, so much I take for granted now. And I was like, oh, yeah. So I think the first impression that I think did surprise Emily, that was the very first impression of the area, was in fact the lovely aroma that hit us <laughs> as we pulled off the road. It's stinky. <laughs> I was like, wait, what's the smell? You can confirm what I have been saying. It smells really bad. So Christy doesn't lie. <laughs> the nothing has been a lie. There's this the smell that makes you know that animals are around, large, large animals everywhere. Uh, and her house pops up out of nowhere in the middle of this neighborhood. Like it really everything they said mm-hmm. and all the pictures and videos. It's exactly that. <laughs> And anything you've seen in Lisa Joe's house and her office, it's 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 like walking into, you know, something you've watched for a long time. So thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. So much fun. So tell us um, you don't have to give us your whole life story, but if there's anything you want to share about where you're from, um, why you're here, shout out to your family, anything at all before we we go more interview style. 
I am from Tennessee, Chattanooga, outside of Chattanooga. So I flew in from there and I um, am coming to the field retreat, which will have already happened by the time this podcast airs. But I'm a foster adoptive mom and it's a retreat for moms like me. And I once I my friend was inviting me to this retreat. I'm like, wait, it's in Pennsylvania. Can I meet Christy face to face? Because I also haven't met met Christy Uh in person yet. And I had met Lisa Joe two years ago, I think, when we were in D.C. So it's really exciting to have it all come to fruition. And how are the babies doing at home? How are who, <laughs> they're how old? How, tell us how many kids and how old they are. I have three sons, one seventeen, and then two five-year-olds, and then my daughter is thirteen. So you can imagine how quiet it is at my house. <laughs> <laughs> With lots of singing, right? Lots of singing and maybe other things. <laughs> I picture you like um, Cinderella in the old Disney cartoon version. Like, go, or is it Cinderella or Snow White? It's well, maybe like... it's all of them going around doing their chores. Little animals and birds chirping nope. while they sing. <laughs> no, that's the opposite. <laughs> okay, Where's the dungeon in the Disney movie? <laughs> You're in the trenches You're like, for just sure. Do your chores. Um, I'll maybe one last thing that I just, I love is, so you're not only attending the, the, the retreat, the conference, but you're able to do a little breakout. Do you mind just sharing the title of your breakout session? <laughs> Let's just clarify. It's not a little breakout. There are 150 people who are coming into town for this. <laughs> and now you'll know why. Um, Yes, I was expecting maybe 10 people because as you guys know, I'm not a famous person and I haven't written a book and I don't have a following. But it's called Peace in the Dumpster Fire, ladies. I love it. It's hilarious. And they did a little survey. And so when I was preparing, because you don't have to like RSVP especially, but like how how many people can I prepare for? Maybe 10? They're Mm. like, well, maybe maybe over a hundred. So wow, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Not surprised at all because um, people know when they're in a dumpster fire and just the thought that it might be possible to find peace in that place is powerful. Um, you and I, you know, our lives are very different. We're not, you and I, Lisa Joe, we're not, um, uh, you know, dealing with the same things that Emily is is a, a first a foster mom, adoptive mom, but I think in our conversations here about ordinary life, we've been pretty honest about when it feels like everything is falling fires. apart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yet um, God is so good even in those places. Mm. So I, yeah, and we were just talking last night. Even I'm reminded as you say the title of your talk again, Emily. We were talking about how we tend to have a society now that. As individuals, we feel entitled to peace. Mm-hmm. And and when we say peace, essentially what we actually mean is everybody leave me alone so I can yeah. do what I want. So we're not saying – what we're saying is like peace on my private island is right. what I want. Right. And the rest of you better make sure you give that to me. Right. And so when I hear your talk, Emily, peace in the dumpster fire is, is really much more accurate to what Jesus is calling is. It's like right where you are, where everything feels like it's falling apart and you're still in it. Mm-hmm. You're not telling everybody, leave me alone so I can have peace. You are serving and you're loving your people and you're showing up for your aging parents and you're doing your work and you're in the fire and there's peace. And I think those are two very different versions of what peace looks like. Like, I do think we all fantasize about peace on the private island. Sure, that would be great. (laughs) But that is the most selfish viewpoint because it requires everybody else to accommodate you. Whereas what Christ is saying to us is like, no, as you are serving and accommodating others, and it feels like you're going up in flames, you can have peace. Is that what you mean, Emily? 
Lisa Joe always knows how to say things she so does. <laughs> eloquently, she does. both of you. It's um yes, it is about just finding peace in it because Jesus doesn't promise to quench the flames mm-hmm. or to stop the waves, but mm-hmm. he's there in the middle of the dumpster yeah. fire. He is like the story of the three young men, and then the fourth appears in Babylon. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's probably more accurate to our lives than we like to think. Like sometimes we are standing in those flames, and we're not just, it's not like Jesus sends his shepherd's crook in to like yank us right out. Sometimes he does, but sometimes he just joins us mm-hmm. there, and, mm-hmm. and we have a conversation mm-hmm. in the midst of you know, yeah. the bonfire. I, I keep meaning to find your podcast when you guys were talking about drowning so much, when you were just like yeah. talking about the waves, because I want to tell yeah. them to listen to that because I think about it a lot because it's like you just coming up enough to take a breath and yeah. you're back in it. But yeah, just fixing your eyes on Jesus and in those moments of complete um, when it seems to be falling apart, like mm-hmm. he's still there. Mm-hmm. This took a very serious turn. I was expecting this would be more lighthearted. So let's get back on track to the funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Lisa Joe, who you're talking to. And no, Emily. I, and, and we have never been able to sustain lighthearted for we an entire episode. We were trying to have a lighthearted episode. <laughs> Hard pivot. Uh, Emily, I want to ask you something first. What was the most surprising thing about starting to work with us or like something where you're like, I didn't expect that or that is exactly how I expected. I'm so curious. Oh, it's no. okay. We won't censor you. We may. Stay tuned, editor. We may ask for your assistance later. I did not know any of these questions in advance. <laughs> They're just winging it. Uh, okay. Uh, the most surprising thing. Well, you. J- I didn't know anything about a podcast before I came to be the podcast assistant. So the back back end thing of all the work that they do in, in the prep or the just kind of sitting down in conversations, because you guys were doing books, I think, and then and changed – in your next season, whatever season that right. was for something. Mm-hmm. When I'm, I, I remember saying, like, people want to hear your friendship because it is so rich and so real. And, and they have welcomed me into a 20-year friendship. And so I think, honestly, maybe that's the most surprising part is I didn't really th- see us becoming friends. Like, so that's been such a gift. And uh, learning how to be precious on emails with the ad... <laughs> advertisers. Lisa Joe will say, Emily, well, she won't sing. Can you just be a little bit sweeter? Because I'm like, I don't want them to take advantage of our girls, you know, guys. So um, I... Uh, you fight uh, for us and I love it. <laughs> so Emily is an Enneagram 8, but she's a very social kind 8. But also that means she's not afraid to say no and then no other words. And I would be like, I think could you add, like, could you speak in what I like to call emoji voice? Like, you know, a little, like, hearts, a little love, a little hug, along with the tough love. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you go, Emily. You <laughs> <Protect> go. 
<laughs> hey, on that note, though, Intersection, um, thank you to those of you who reached out to say that you love that we're going ad-free. And to those of you who've come onto the PayPal and supported our show, we love you so much. So there's been a link we will see we've dropped in the show notes. And last week, like people donated. And I just want you to know, like, we'll tell you up front, the donations from the first time we asked for them has now covered like this episode. Thank you. You have paid for this to happen on the back end because there's quite a quite a like, surprisingly large number of uh, costs associated with running something on the internet. So I just want to say thank you. That was like surprising and delightful. And we love you so much. And so I'm hugging Emily right now, pretending I'm hugging you guys. Oh, Emily, I love you. All right. So it's my turn to ask a question. Okay. Because as I have listened to you both as you're writing books and you've st- done this podcast for how many years? Eleven, five, sometimes. <laughs> how do you find the way to, especially as I'm about to speak to strangers about my personal life, it just feels very vulnerable. So, and you guys do this often for a long time. How do you keep doing it? Like, how do you keep being brave and sharing your personal life to people you'll never even look in the eyes? Um, why do you do that? Yeah, She's asking <laughs> what's wrong with us. Right? <laughs> Maybe. And that's okay. That is such a good question. And I, possibly our answers, you and I, Lisa Joe, may be a little different. I don't know. I'm very curious about yours. I'll just dive in, see what comes out. Um, I'll say, first of all, it's not natural to me. I am very introverted. I um, I don't know if there's a label for this, but I'm the kind of person who just doesn't think to share unless I'm asked a direct question. So my friends who know me or my husband know like they're not ever going to hear how I'm doing or what's going on unless they say, hey, how are you doing? What's going on? And and then, I, and then I'm happy to share. And, and it's not that I'm withholding. It's not that I'm, I don't want to share. I just, I'm such an internal processor. So I just don't even think to let the sharing out or the words out um, unless I'm asked. So it is not, um, it's not a natural fit for me to podcast and talk about myself. It was never a natural fit for me to start um, blogging like I did many years ago and writing about my life. And um, go if I go back in time to that, I can remember very specific moments where I felt quite clearly, um, and we don't, I don't often feel this in life, but there are moments I felt quite clearly that God was saying, I want you to do this. I want you to write. I want you to share. And I want you to write about yourself, about your life, your experiences. And I remember, I I can remember one moment in particular, sitting in church, feeling like I heard that from God and everything in me said, that is a terrible idea. I do not, (laughs) not want to do that. Um, At the time, I thought it was because I was, well, I'm not an exhibitionist. I'm not that person who needs to go flaunt themselves or share everything. I am not that person. But what I learned in time is that it was just, it was pride. And God was asking me to lay down my pride and be willing to do this, even if it meant I could be criticized. I I could be, um, I could embarrass myself. I could be put to shame. Like these are the risks we run when we open our mouths and we share what's actually going on in our lives and our hearts. And I was terrified of that. Um, but our, our Jesus is a gentle shepherd. So, you know, just gently over the years, um, he led me in that path of sharing and, um, and it, 
in some ways it is easier in the sense that I see the fruit of it. In some ways it is not. It it is it's never going to be I think a natural fit and there have been maybe more stressful seasons of life where I have felt an impulse to just go back in my shell like a turtle and not say anymore, not share anymore, not 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 put anything out there. Um and maybe here's where I'll, I'll transition to to you Lisa Joe. Sometimes we have sat down, I think, to podcasts, and it has just felt fun and light, and we've bubbled up with things to share. But many, many times, I know we've come to the table um, feeling weary or or whatever was going on and um, needing to really take some time, you and I, to just look at one another, share a bit, because we just weren't sure that we could open up. We weren't, and, and we weren't even maybe sure what, what to open up and share. I think that's the other thing that's hard for me. I want to know that what I share is the right thing, that it's what people need to hear, but we don't ever get to have that certainty. I don't know, apart from the Holy Spirit guiding, what, what someone else needs to hear. And I'm so aware of that, that I might say something that could hurt, that could wound, and I don't want to do that. So Lord help me. Um, so I know it hasn't always been easy for us to do this, but I think of it as like that, Laying down, Jesus asks us to lay down our lives. And so it may seem silly. It's not like I'm, you know, um, literally laying down my life, but in a small way, laying down my pride, laying down my claims to ownership of my own life and, and being faithful for me has looked like opening up when otherwise I might not want to. Mm. That's a good answer. Deep. It's a very, very Christy answer. <laughs> for me, I just wanted to have conversations with Christy. <laughs> and I felt like for years we would have these conversations and I would literally say to her, man, I feel like other people should hear this. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't out of any sense of pride. It was just that I find talking to Christy fascinating. I learn things. I think our conversations together because we are both see the world quite differently in in certain ways, but also are aligned in lots of ways. For me, it genuinely was this feeling of, I just feel like people would enjoy this. Like, I think it would be cool to put these conversations out publicly. And so when it has been hard, because it is hard to just fit into your schedule and your timeline and your kids, and is there quiet? And now we have jobs. And what are we going to talk about today? I can honestly say, like, showing up to talk to Christy, she is like an anchor for me in just everything in my life. And she while she is an internal processor, I am an external processor. So it's never been stressful for me that I don't know what we're going to talk about because the joy for me is in having the conversation with Christy. I learn things. And so I am always, she's always like, well, what are, what are we going to learn? What's the takeaway? And I'm like, that's the whole point. We don't know. We're going to find <laughs> out. You know, So we have very different strengths coming into this. And it's great because Christy, I'll have ideas. And then Christy will say, how is that going to affect the listener? Do they care about that? And then I'm like, I don't care about the listener. I'm sorry, <laughs> listener. I care about talking to you. They could get what they want out of it. And then luckily for you, Christy says, oh, well, I don't, let's think more about that. <laughs> but for me, really, the defining thing has just been the conversations with an old friend that I really love getting to have. And there's a part of my brain that genuinely doesn't think anyone's ever listening. So for <laughs> me, it doesn't feel exposing in the way, for example, a book does. Yeah. Like you'll, you've heard and will continue to hear me talk about my horror at the feeling <laughs> of that nakedness. Yeah. But this feels safe mm-hmm. and it feels like, um, Honestly, I can say for me, it does feel like if you have ever had like a community group or a friend or an accountability group that you meet with and every week and you might feel like dread before you go, but 
but after you're done, you're just like, oh, that was amazing. That is sort of like how these conversations are in, in our busy times. Like it can feel like dread sometimes, like, oh, we have to make time for this. Mm-hmm. But afterwards, every single time, I'm like, wow, every I needed time. that conversation. Yeah. That, the Lord spoke to both of us. I yeah. can't believe that conversation happened. So the fact that for, you know, the last two decades we've been doing this, every time we're done, I am, I'm richer for it. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, it's deeply rewarding mm-hmm. to get to have those conversations with you. I do wonder when we started this, it's because for years we were having private conversations mm-hmm. and I thought it'll be so great to have pub- have these publicly. There's a part of my brain that wonders if there'll ever come a time again where we're like, where I and you start to think, huh, maybe we're ready to just have these conversations mm-hmm. be ours again. Mm-hmm. And I I can imagine that that would happen mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. But but that was the beginning, mm-hmm. starting mm-hmm. to feel like these are conversations worth including other people. And mm-hmm. that's why we're so happy you're here. I'm away, literally other person at the table. Yeah. Yay. Thank you for having me. I know it's an honor. I feel it. <laughs> and I would like to tell everyone that's listening, they do read your emails when you send in and encourage them and they do read your reviews and it all really matters to help promote the show and also for other people to see it. And so if you can share about it, it, it helps. And I think it's really rich and it helps me. And it does feel like you're listening to two friends. And then when you show up and you're like, it's real life. It's They are as real and sincere behind the scenes when no one's looking as they are on the podcast. And so the sincerity and their integrity and um, the righteousness that you hear as they're being sanctified in front of you. Oh, like, wow. It really is beautiful and holy to, to watch a friendship on a podcast. Wow. I mean, we're in friendships in our real life, but to listen to it and a succinct way on a podcast has, has been a gift mm-hmm. to me and to to everyone, and I get to hear it first. So that's always exciting. That's too. true. You do. <laughs> um, let's see. What else do you guys want to know out there? Do you have any thing to say about friendship? Um, since we're talking about your friendship mm-hmm. for so long. Um, Mm -hmm. not sure how to put that in a a question, but Mm -hmm. you do make new friendships. Like, oh yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like you you should ask that question someone asked their concern about our podcast break because that is on the friendship topic. Oh right, yes, that was the one. Did you really break up? Okay, (laughs) is that why we took a break? (laughs) (laughs) Were we on a friendship break? So I, I know, I mean, we all maybe do this where there's people we really only keep up with online. You, may, they may be friends in real life, but maybe we're only, or, or maybe we've never met them. They're just a person on social media. And maybe we notice a, a change in what they're sharing. And we wonder, I, I do this. Oh, no, did something happen? Are, are they dealing with something big behind the scenes? Um, is there a problem in their marriage or with their child? You know, and even if I can tell myself, like, that is not mine to know unless they share it, you know, you still you still wonder. And so um, one of our dear listeners um, did, you know, just sweetly share with me that um, that she had when we took our kind of long hiatus that she was a little worried that maybe we'd had a falling out. <laughs> And it really surprised. We were so so surprised. It surprised me to hear that because it was the furthest thing from my thought. Yes. Because of course we didn't. But also I realized, oh sure. I, I in a way I understand why you might have that worry. You know, we have, um, we've we we've shared our friendship, mm-hmm. and I do think it would it would hurt people. It would hurt people if you and I we broke up. 
Yeah, like yes, if we really it would fumbled, hurt me. I mean, it would hurt us. But if we <laughs> but like yes, fumbled totally. the ball, yeah. Um, I I feel this way about marriage personally. Sure. Like marriage is not just for the couple. It's not even just Agreed. for the children. It's for the community. It's for the church. And so when um, when couples struggle, and if there is um a breakup or divorce, that of course wounds them and their own family. But it can be wounding for a community. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, again, I'm not expressing judgment. I'm just saying like that, yeah. that wounds beyond just the, the family. And I, I think that would be true for us, actually. Like, yeah, I think I it can really agree. Hurt, hurt people. All that to say, I, I, I don't even know that I was thinking all of that, but more to answer your question directly, Emily, I, we, I think we can assure our listeners <laughs> yes. almost like, like me and my husband at almost 30 years of marriage. Like, I'm not saying it's always easy. I'm not saying my husband and I never bicker. I'm not saying, I mean, you and I, I don't know, we don't see each other enough to bicker. I don't know. I don't don't think we've ever bickered. (laughs) I don't think we have. But at this point, even if something happened, even if if there was a terrible misunderstanding or Mm -hmm. a hurt or we lashed out because of stress or something, it wouldn't matter. We no. would have to work through it because no. where until death do you part? Yeah, kind of like you don't. You <laughs> yeah. just don't. You don't um, neglect the right. gift. And I'll say as well, it is okay for there to be seasons. Mm-hmm. It is okay that you and I have been very busy. There hasn't been as much opportunity lately to see each other one on one. We're raising teenagers. Like that is okay. But the really cool thing about the gift of this kind of friendship is that you can. It doesn't go away. You can no. reinvest time. You can pick it back up. Um, and I've said before on the podcast, like, I'm so grateful that you held on to me mm-hmm. in the early years. You know, we met in Chicago. We had a brief, intense friendship. Um, our husbands got to know one another. And then you and Pete moved to Ukraine. I know. I mean, hello. All I was places. in Chicago. And this, we were telling, we were talking about this with Emily this weekend. I mean, this was before social media. This was before smartphones. Yeah. Like, we couldn't text. We couldn't stay in touch at we all. We couldn't, like, see, we, I couldn't see what you were doing right. on Facebook. Like, that was not possible. Right. And so I thought, like, oh, well, that was, that was great. But I was still, but it's, but it's over now. Like, I won't, we won't stay friends because I was so young. I hadn't had, um, all I knew was making new friends. And so to me, that was like an endless possibility. You just make new friends. You make new friends. And as many of our listeners will know as well as I do, um, yes, there is always that possibility for new, fresh friendship. Absolutely. You don't make new old friends. Yeah. Yeah, so you just hang don't. on to your old friends. <laughs> yeah, and it's formative, but it does take someone being deliberate. And so in our case, I just, yeah. Christy's friendship was so formative and not just her friendship. We were sharing with Emily, we were in a, a church and it was the first time that I think we sort of felt like we were the adults in church. It was a young college type church, but we were the, the group of friends were all newly married. And so we were sort of venturing into adulthood, <laughs> trying to figure it out. And it was just a very formative time of friendship, of people, of conversations, of place, of Chicago. The church prayed and sent us, you know, when we went to Ukraine, they just spoke into our lives in really meaningful ways. And I've never shared this story, I think, but I'll touch on it. It's, I think it's one of the reasons I think of Chicago as being so formative. The Lord, I think, was forming and sort of calling us, you know, not just you and I and John and Pete, but other friends in that church. It was the beginning of a call into who we would become, the work that he would have us do. Mm -hmm. I think that church was 
deeply listening to what the Lord was saying. People were so curious. There was this sense of, you're not a fully formed adult yet, so anything's possible. Like, God can tell you things and you believe Him, you know? Like, it's harder for me as I get older. And when Pete and I were leaving to go to Ukraine, we were going because Pete had got a fellowship with the State Department, and we were going to be there for 10 months. And, you know, at this time in my life, I was an attorney. I was interested in human rights. I had friends, actually, at the time I knew who did speaking for, like, MOPS groups and things. And I just remember thinking it was the strangest thing. Like, Mm -hmm. why would you ever want to do that? I had a friend who was talking to me about how she was trying to cut a highlight reel of her different talks so she could have it on her speaking page. And I just, I remember going home and telling Peter, why would you ever want that? Like, why would you want to go speak? That's so weird. It was so strange for me, had no context for that. And on the day before Pete and I were leaving for Ukraine, we were at church on Sunday, Uh, Rand invited people to come Mm -hmm. and pray for us. And just remember, like, we are not, we hadn't been steeped in years and years of evangelicalism. Like, we really didn't know what we were doing. And Mm -hmm. they, so he, this is very new to me. He was like, can you guys come to the front? We want to, can you stand up? We're going to pray for you. And then I'll never forget, he said to the congregation, and by congregation, please imagine with me, like college students, okay? Mm-hmm. There are no, we were like the oldest people in the church, mm-hmm. at like all of 24, 25. Mm-hmm. I remember telling Rand at the time, the pastor, where are the grownups? Like, this is so <laughs> weird. Your church needs grownups. And he was like, us, we, we, we are the grownups. grown-ups. And uh, as we stood there, he asked people to pray for us or if they had a word for mm-hmm. us. Very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable to hear that. And uh, But somebody, and I honestly don't remember if it was a man or a woman, but I remember clearly what they said because at the time it seemed ludicrous to me. Mm. Somebody stood up and said, I just see, I sense the Lord saying, Lisa Joe, that you will speak to hundreds and thousands of people in what? the future. Wow. And I was like standing there next to Pete like, oh, shame. That's embarrassing for them. Like that. <laughs> Little did you know. I mean, that was over two decades wow, ago. And that was the voice of listener, the Lord. There. You are like on the other end of this, of that word that God spoke into That's our lives. That's amazing. That he, so I say all that to say, like, I think of my friendship with Christy the way I think of my relationship with my children. Like, there's, it's immutable. Like, it's immutable. It will never be gone. It's mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. And part of it, too, I think, is because I was overseas away from my family. I didn't have a mom. She kind of imprinted on me. I feel like I was like a duckling and she <laughs> imprinted on me. Like, oh, this is my Aww. person. Like, this is my mother figure. And she's now just continued to live into that over all the years. So even this time when we arrived at the barn, the kitchen is fully stocked. The beds are beautiful and cozy. There are candles lit. There's music playing. The fire is going. I mean, yeah, you've just become more of more of the thing I loved about you in the beginning mm-hmm. of our friendship is just it's just a bigger um, gra- gravitational mm-hmm. pull now even. So wow. rest assured, listeners, wow. <laughs> <laughs> even if Christy tried to break up with me, it would have no effect. <laughs> oh, and I love Lisa Joe. that, I mean, friendship changes us. Marriage changes us. Relationships change us. This is why we are Christians in community. Like you don't do it on your own because we need other people to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. So I love that you have called me into um, just all the all the hard things that I would not naturally have done. Like I would have never started a podcast. Don't think it would have occurred to me. I don't know that I would have 
had the get up and go to do it. Like I'm definitely someone who needs an activator, like someone to say like, let's do it. Oh, here, here's an idea. Do it with me. And if I do it with someone, do it with a friend, then that's just so much easier for me. It makes it po- makes a lot of things possible for me that wouldn't be possible on my own. Um, I've often felt like this is maybe why I got married so young. Like, uh, you know, I was able to leave Texas and have some adventures because I was doing it with someone. I was doing it with my husband. Um, I think it's just my personality and, and God's goodness to me has looked like putting people in my life consistent over the years who, um, who, who help me take steps forward, I guess. So thank you for that. Wow. What did, once again, did not expect the sweetness and light of, of this good conversation. Thanks for these questions, Emily. So since you've been in this town 11 years, Mm -hmm. so, but you've made new friends Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. the city, like, is there anything you would advise if people have just Mm. moved to a new city, like, do you search for friends? Do you let it happen naturally? Wow. Wow. Really good question. Let me just share maybe how it's been for me. I mean, I came here with this idea of community. Like, I'll, like we'll, we'll make a place for community to grow and the, we'll have community around us. Um, and I think that was, I, I know that was true, that that has happened I guess I just want to say it just never looks like you think. So I've learned to hold my own ideas about how things will look loosely um, to receive what comes day by day. So from the beginning of my time here, I was, I was feeling lonely and I was praying for friends um, from the beginning and praying for friendships here for years. And, and those prayers were, were answered even in the beginning with with some friendships, but those friendships in the beginning, they were an answer to that prayer, but they weren't necessarily lasting. So I can look back at some of the people who were around during the first few years of us living here in Pennsylvania, and they've moved on or I've lost touch. And I can say right now that is okay. Like they um, provided that sweetness of friendship in those early years, and I'm grateful of late here, we've been here 11 years. Um, I've received some new friends in this area that I am so grateful for today. Deep, good friendships that are sustaining me today. Women, I can talk about, you know, midlife stuff and teenagers leaving the house and going to college. You know, we're in a similar season of life. So I'm grateful for those friends. Did I go looking for them? No, but I prayed for them. So maybe that was my looking. Maybe that was my seeking. I prayed for friends. Um, and then I think it was a matter of when there's an invitation, when there's a possibility of saying yes. Even even though it's scary, you don't know if you're going to connect with these people, you know, but just saying yes and then being vulnerable with them the way I was just talking about doing it on the podcast, right? Being willing to share what's really going on. Um, so God has answered that prayer. There's no formula. I don't have a recipe. I don't have a here's how to do it other than maybe just seek and pray. Um, and he is good. He's good. He knows we need companionship. He knows we need that. And um, maybe even the harder friendship stories can teach us how to be better friends. Maybe that's, you know, part of it too. Very I don't know. If, yeah. Do you have anything to add? Yeah. Okay. So we're covering friendship. What about motherhood? What is God <laughs> teaching you right now? Oh! About motherhood. I'm trying to think of all the major subjects yeah, awesome. that you've talked about that people email right. and are encouraged by, or is is that something you want or you want to pass? Right. 
I'm, I'm right. like laughing I in my head. Don't have thinking, to talk about oh, your kids. It was going to be like a, it was going to be a lighthearted episode. Oh, right. oh yeah, let's do something fun. <laughs> Oh, wait. Funny questions. Okay. Hold on. No, Sorry. No, I feel like that. I, just was I, I do feel like I that question deserve that question deserves an answer. I, I, because some funny ones. Cause it's huge. You know, I mean, that's a huge part of what not only you and I talk about Lisa Joe, but Emily, you showed up and we got to talk at, you know, even more depth about motherhood and, and raising these children. You know, I, I guess I'll just say this. I feel so, so not those, those who are listening, some of your mothers, some of you are not. Some of you are women and some of you are not. Most of our listeners are women, but not always. So we have, you know, we have a diverse crowd out there. But for those of you who are called to raise children in your house as moms, um, I feel like what, what I'm learning, what I want to encourage you with is just like, it is very hard. It does seem to take everything. It does seem to take more than you have. And that's, I think, built into the design. Like you're not doing it wrong. You are not a bad mom. Preaching to myself here. Um, there are moments of joy and delight. Absolutely. But if there's one thing I have thought consistently over the years, it's that as a woman who dealt with infertility, who begged God for children, who prayed for children, um, and God said yes, his answer yes was good and what a blessing to be a mom and raise children. But I have also thought, oh, Lord, I didn't know what I was asking for. Mm. I didn't know how it would um, transform me, how it would break my heart and regrow it. This is blessing. Like, this is goodness from the Lord I've received as a mom. And it, at times, many times, it hurts so much. It's really hard. It hurts. Growth you know, personal transformation hurts and mother motherhood is transforming. So just a little encouragement. Like if you are feeling the pain, you're not alone and you're, you're, you're not doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'll add to that encouragement because I think whether your kids are small or you're in the stage we are where they're starting to leave, there's this constant pressure of like, oh my gosh, did I scar this kid forever? Mm. And we were last night having conversations about our children and their Enneagram types. And I was, I have like one of my kids, particularly, I know I'm the reason for his childhood wound that <laughs> formed him. It's so terrible. And I feel if I, if I think too much about that, it's paralyzing, right? Mm -hmm. Even though we have an amazing relationship now, and I think we're both doing great. There are things that have formed him that I wish were different. I don't know if they could have been just because of who he is and who I am. And I trust the Lord in the formation. Here's my encouragement. My dad is 77. I will be 50 this year. He is still rewriting the story of my childhood in powerful ways. Like, and I mean that. I don't mean that as lip service. Like, oh, I feel a little better. No. Like, God is capable of taking you both back to memories and healing, healing you such that it feels like when I remember those stories now, I don't have pain associated with them. I have a deep sense of wholeness and love for my dad. So my encouragement to you as parents is when they turn 18 and move out, that is not the end. It's like barely the beginning mm. still. And that's what I'm preaching to myself as I have an 18-year-old getting to leave. Mm. It's not the end. We're this whole, like, you've only got however many summers left. That's just garbage. Like, mm. parenting is forever. You will have adult children and they will have children and you'll still be talking to them about stuff. And so for me, that has been really hope-filled to think, I, as long as I am willing to keep entering into conversations with my children about about things I did or what they understood about who they were or what I was saying, God is just constantly in the business of making things new. I genuinely believe it delights him. And so the things you worry about now, whether you've got little baby toddlers or grown children, 
that is just place in the story where the Lord is waiting for you to invite him because there's a plot thread that he hasn't finished writing yet. Mm-hmm. And it's that has been the biggest surprise of my life the last year, mm-hmm. um, to do that with my dad and then to realize, oh, it's not done with my kids. Like, I haven't failed the test. There's plenty of time still. So mm-hmm. be encouraged. Mm-hmm. Something lighter now, please. Yeah, yeah. let's end on a okay. funny note. Okay, funny. I don't I don't no know. No pressure, Emily. Be, I know. It's a lot just, of pressure. You know, They're not helping funny. me with any questions. They're just like, just tell, ask us something. Um, what, yes, Lisa Joe telling you to do better. I mean, you try. Um, okay, are there any secret um, things that you do to that no, that Christy wouldn't know. Christy, mm-hmm. is there something that you do like I don't know some guilty pleasure, oh. some weird routine, oh. um, something you think about your kid that? Well, I mean, I don't know if you'd want to say that on the mm-hmm. podcast. Um, uh, something when you're traveling. I'll go first. I like this one. Well done. You're not a total bust having you on the show. <laughs> earned your keep thank you Uh, okay here's one i can think i have many of these quirky things um christy commented on this when i arrived this time so that's why it's funny to share (laughs) so christy's house always is like staying at a a really nice airbnb like it's so lovely like beautiful soft i'm always like where did you get this comforter i need to order the exact same one where did you get these sheets like it's so lovely but she knows that i travel with my own pillow (laughs) When I arrived with it, it looks kind of like a like a dead pillow. Like it's very bedraggled. <laughs> it's like a dead animal. <laughs> I'm like a small child with her lovey when I arrived. It was. I and thought, it, does it work? <laughs> when I arrived out of the car, I was like, you know, of course I brought my pillow. Because he's like, I figured you would. I wasn't going to put out pillows. And, and then she's so polite because she didn't say anything and I'm holding it. But I know Zoe always makes fun of it. And so I'm like, it is. it does look a little worse for wear. I know. And then Chrissy goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in this like kind of like gray pillowcase. And when I was home in South Africa, I've never thought of it as being less than because it's perfect. But when I was in South Africa, I was staying at my brother's house. And he's very, I don't think you have this word here. We say Larney in South Africa. Oh, I no. think you say uh, bougie is what you say oh. here. He's very bougie. <laughs> and his house is bougie and it's lovely. And I mean, it's but you guest- say Larney? Larney. I just want to hold on to that Larney. fabulous L-A-R-N-E-Y. word. L-A-R-N-E-Y. Larney. Oh, you're Love so it. Larney. Oh. Yes. So he's very Larney. And I was staying in his little guest room, a guest cottage, and he came in to talk to me about something. And I, because he's Larney, had like, I was staying there, but I'd made the bed nicely so that it still Aww, looks nice. Yeah. But so, and he has like all these big, like giant fluffy pillows and everything. And then I had my like gray pillow on top. And he came in <laughs> and he goes, he's talking to me and he stops talking. He's like, oh, what is this? Did one of the kids leave this in here? I'm so sorry about this. I don't know what this is. And he like tries to like get rid of it. <laughs> And I go, no, no, that's my pillow. And he goes, what? And I was like, yes, Josh, I love this so much. I brought this from America. And he was like, what? It looks, it looks sick. Like it looks gross. It looks like we should throw it away. Like, why would you even have this with you? Oh, that is so funny. (laughs) And I love it so much that one time I left it here and then I wasn't coming back. And then you mailed it to me. Do you remember? 
No, I did? Yes, you did. Because it was very upsetting to me that I had to wait so long to get it back. And then you mailed it to me. So I don't think I ever really, because we've we've (laughs) talked about like how, yeah, you get older and you have to travel with your own pillow. Listeners, this is a thing. Yes. I don't think I understood that there was this sort of lovey attachment between you and your broken pillow. I never thought of it that way. (laughs) Okay. okay? Except that I love it so much. Like it's it's so soft. And then I started wondering, is that what this is? (laughs) Like, is this like my lovey? Like, I don't like it when Peter lies on it if I'm not in the room. I'm like, why are you on my pillow? That's yes, weird. I, I feel like we have. I feel like you have an adult love. I've never thought of that until this We have this analyzed. Because like, yes. the, the pillowcase is way too big for it. And Zoe's always like, you need like a nice feather pillow. And I'm like, this is a feather pillow. Like it is. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's kind of decreased, yeah. you know, because it yeah. gets smaller and smaller and mushier. And, mush- mm-hmm. and Zoe's just like, mom, I just, it's so sad. Like, I feel like you should at least refill it. I'm like, it is the perfect level of softness you will take this pillow out of my cold dead hands you will bury me with this pillow that is fabulous that's so, good, yeah that's yes yeah, i was surprised when i saw it only because i was interpreting through my own story which is you know i'm in my late 40s if i don't sleep on the right kind of pillow i will ha- i will break my neck like i will hurt for days same i have to have <laughs> okay. mine is perfect but but <laughs> when i saw your pillow i thought that I do think it's broken, and I'm I'm not sure that is offering. It does look sick. <laughs> it's had a hard life, like me. One time, I was on a game reserve. <laughs> <laughs> In South Africa, and they like because of the wild animals, you can't actually drive onto the property. You have to park, and there's like all this electrified fencing, and they pick you up in a Land Rover. Oh wow, it's not safe. Hmm. I dropped my pillow off the back. We, I was so worried about it. We had to go back and get it. <laughs> Wow, Christy, when it's time for R.I.P. pillow, rest in peace. Like, you're going to need to drive to Lisa Joe's house to help her when it dies. Like, it's this pillow. It's very no, no. special. My last will attest to it, Christy. That thing better show up with me at hospice one day when I can't communicate. And just make sure that they tuck that under me. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, my wow. goodness. I had no idea. I mean, I, too, have a pillow, but... But it's not, it's not the pillow. It's just the one that is currently supporting my neck in the proper way. And when it gets sick, I will throw it away <laughs> and get a new fresh memory foam pillow Some people to support with my the neck. neck pillow on airplanes, but I take mine. <laughs> it doesn't fit in my backpack properly. So I made Mike a character. All <laughs> the airports. Well, I'll tell you what. At one in the morning when I was sleeping on the airport in what city? I don't even know what city I was in. <laughs> I'm crying. Emily's giving me a tissue. God, I was so airsick. And uh, I was, we were in, um, what country was I in? Do you remember this? I, Dubai. Egypt? It wasn't Egypt. It was on the way. Anyway, some country in the Middle East. The boys were all eating Burger King at midnight. And I was like, I'm going to throw up. Good thing I have my pillow. But I laid down on the floor of the airport with it. And then we were late for our gate and we had to run. And so, of course, Micah carried it for me while we ran. Her her kids are so sweet to her. Aww. I'm not sure my kids would hold my no. lovey. No. <laughs> my sick lovey. <laughs> okay, Christy, I don't know if you can talk that. I cannot. I cannot Is talk that. Anything. Oh, my I've goodness. I've never unpacked this at this level. 
I feel like I'm going to have different feelings tonight when I go to bed. <laughs> I don't know if I can make eye contact with the pillow anymore. <laughs> I'm a little worried. <laughs> We haven't ruined it. it. It reminds me of when my oldest, when she was tiny, for the first four years of her life, her comfort was she would suck these two fingers on her hand, the same two fingers, always sucking these fingers, and she would rub her her hair, lock of her hair, or or someone else's, like my hair, or my mom's hair, or John's hair. Um, so she would suck her fingers and rub her hair, and and um, that it was so soothing and comforting to her. And then and then something happened when she was about age four. I think her the size of her mouth changed in proportion to the size of her fingers. I don't know. She was growing. And one day she came to me just weeping because her fingers were broken and they did not work anymore. Oh, and I could, do, I could do nothing about it. It was horrible. I, in that moment, I thought, this is why we give pacifiers to children because you can just get a new pacifier. But I could not get her proper fingers back to so that they would work. It was very traumatic. Anyway, I hope, I hope. Oh, Lisa Joe, it's I fine. I hope we have not broken the pillow, truly broken the pillow. I, oh my gosh, I cannot top that. I don't have anything funny. I mean, I, I mean, it wasn't supposed <laughs> to be funny. I would just like to clarify. <laughs> Okay, I'll just, I mean, if we're talking like bedtime routines and such, so, you know, I guess in winter, I guess I don't do this in summer, but well, but year round. So I don't know if, I I think I've always been this way. My body temperature just swings wildly, like it just doesn't maintain. Um, And so... So from the time I go to bed to the morning, like my, I'm, I'm cycling through intense periods. I'm very hot. I'm very cold. And again, it's not just middle age. I've always been this way. So it means that this time of year, I have a whole routine with, so John and I have an electric blanket on our bed, but only my half, fortunately it has two halves and only my half is plugged in because he does not need the electric blanket. So I put, I have my half plugged in and I have a little dial with numbers <laughs> next to it that controls the heat in the blanket. So I know exactly. So when I go to brush my teeth, I, I turn the dial to six. So now it is heating up my side of the bed. Um, I do my whole bedtime routine. Then I come to bed. Now it is nice and hot at level six. Then I turn it down to level three because that is more comfortable for falling asleep. Um, sometimes if I'm just especially cold and I will, I'll just lie in bed like just like I just feel, I think I have poor circulation actually. So I'm like my hands and feet will hurt. They're so cold. I might have to dial it back up to five. Um, but what will happen in the night is I cannot, I will, I will then get so hot. I will wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I just like reach over to that dial, turn it all the way off, let this blanket cool off. And then it just, two hours later, I wake up, I'm freezing cold. I turn the dial back up to five. Annoying. That is annoying. (laughs) And I've always been this way, but the blanket is my salvation. Like I cannot sleep without it because to lie in bed in the freezing state with no dial to turn up to six is so painful. So the We're little thing wanting something me. else, Christy, that we can make fun of you <laughs> <Okay>. about. <laughs> uh, that is good. That's helpful to know. Um, if does she come? If she comes to your house, have an electric blanket. Is there any weird music that you listen to? We wouldn't know. Oh. Is there any um, weird part like someone you follow? We wouldn't. I don't know. I'm trying to dig for dirt. <laughs> I'm just curious. When you read books, do you undo mark in books? Or are you oh. against that? So I um, definitely mark in books, but I am very anti highlighter pen. Oh, interesting. Like those okay. fluorescent yeah. yellow. So 
I'm, use a pencil. I'm, I'm sorry, dear, dear listener, because somebody listening, this may be you, and I'm sorry. And it is okay that you did this, but I'm just going <laughs> to tell she's you. But judging you. I'm just going to tell you, it hurt my heart a little. So I, so I love it when people will show me their copies of my books that are marked up. I love that because I do that too. To me, that is a well-loved book. That's kind of what you get to do with your personal library. Like one day, your child could open your book and find your notes. And yes, I love that. Um, but, you know, the past few years, I've been able to make these really beautiful books um, with photography, the gardening books, right? They're so pretty. And those too, I'm, I, I, if you want to underline and mark oh, and circle quote, I, <laughs> I love it. It's about to get dark. I love it. That's okay. Even though those are sort of more beautiful gift books, like mark it up, write, love it. Um, someone did share with me a photo of, I think it was Garden Maker or Home in Bloom, and they loved it and they were sharing their love for it, which thank you. But they had, they had used a fluorescent orange <laughs> highlighter. <laughs> Such a snob. A highlighter snob. <laughs> to highlight their favorite bits. Again, three quarters of me was like, wow, thank you. <laughs> And one quarter of me was like, wow, that's fluorescent orange <laughs> in my art. It's like you made a painting and someone colored on it with a highlighter. Yes. But this is very personal. I get it. I'm just it saying. It is her problem, not yours, dear exactly, listener. Exactly. Exactly. But I will not ever so what use a highlighter is in a book. If you ever meet her in person, she would like a bouquet of highlighters. <laughs> All the colors. That's I'm totally kidding you. That oh, for your birthday. Highlighters are the worst. Highlighters oh, to me say so late night college study sessions, like textbooks. Yeah. I notes. prefer pencils. Yeah, it She's is. She's triggered it's, by highlighters. I'm triggered by orange and yellow. Highlighter. That was a good question, Emily. You did well. I feel like you passed the podcast test. Yeah. Woo, it's hard to it's hard to impress Lisa Joe sometimes. <laughs> In fact, it takes very little. You just have to sing to me while taking any pictures of me. Because Emily was basically like having, oh, it's like, oh, this is exactly how it was for the Beckhams when they made their documentary. Because Emily was just following us around with the camera. Are we going to dance to Islands in the Stream later? I think Emily's oh. going to sing some lullabies and you're going to have some time with your with your pillow. Listen, I was so nervous I would forget it. It's already down here on the chair. Look, it's right there next to me. I know exactly where it is at all times. <laughs> Bless, that's a lovey, Lisa Joe. Stop calling uh, me a pillow. This has uh, been good times. Yes. This is good for my soul. I know this is going live on Valentine's Day, so I hope that brought some joy. We also know it's weirdly also Ash Wednesday today. Um, but isn't that it? Sort of the shadow and the light in one day. I do feel like this conversation did a good job. We were initially like, how will we straddle that line? And I kind of feel like we, <laughs> we did. <laughs> we did. So thank you, Emily. And thank you to my you're, dear friend, Lisa. You're welcome. Jo. Oh, yes. Can you? Oh, I, I need more of that. Can no, you, no. Can you no, sing no. us out? Can you just sing us out? Sing us out, Emily. Anything, Emily. No pressure, but do a really good job. Goodbye. You people, I'm not a singer if you Google my name. Oh. Not on Spotify. There, therein lies the joy of this for us. Have a great Valentine's. Also, Ash Wednesday. Podcast assistance for this show is provided by the fabulous Jody Smith. If you're looking to start a podcast or you need help with editing, we highly recommend you contact him at jodysmith.com slash 
ordinary. That's Jody, J-O-D-E-Y, smith.com slash ordinary.